and welcome to episode eight of the Client Experience Revolution. I am happy to announce that Dana Corey, executive coach, is here with me today, and she is going to share about how her business is different and connecting with other business owners and with other executives. Welcome, Dana. Hi, Raya. It's so nice to talk to you. Well, I wanted to have you on the show because you've had a wide variety of experience and really helped every kind of business out there from Fortune 500 companies to the small business owner. And I've found that you are a big inspiration for me. So thank you for being here. Tell us a little bit about you and your business. Well, I've been working for myself for over 30 years. When I was 27, I promised never to work for anybody else ever again, and I haven't. So that's like a really point of a pride for me. And I've done lots and lots of different kinds of things. So I worked in the, with direct sales. I did home party plan and used coaching as a tool for the first 25 years that I was in business until... Somebody suggested when I was trying to figure out what I was going to do next that I coach for a living. And when I looked at it, I was like, well, how do you make money coaching? How do you make a living with that? And so she kind of explained the model. Mm -hmm. And that was six and a half years ago. And I tore down the model that we first created and created a model that works for me. And now I've been working with primarily business owners, both solo business owners and business partners to help them get over a plateau that they've reached. Most of my clients are established. They've been in business anywhere from three to 10 years and they've gotten there on their own wherewithal, their own wit, their own grit, their own determination. But they always hit a place where everything that they thought to do, everything that they knew to do, everything that had worked in the past stops working. And that's when I come in and I help them, give them a different perspective and get them over that hump. That's awesome. I am curious when you say that you tore down the model that was set in place and redid it, what was the model that was before and how is what you do now different? The model before, the one I was first taught by a coach was really focused on leverage and group programs. And that is not where my genius lies. I work best one-on-one. I work best looking to customize solutions for each individual business. And the truth is, is that 85% of businesses is the same across the board. Right. But it's that 15% difference combined with the individuality of each business owner and their strengths and weaknesses that makes a cookie cutter solution really not viable for really getting over whatever the plateau, whatever the stopping point is for you. Yeah. What are some of the common plateaus that people experience? Well, there's the most obvious one, which is revenue. Revenue stays the same or goes down. And in my view, a revenue plateau is a symptom Mm. of something else. It's not the problem. The problem is way deeper than that. But there are other plateaus that I've worked with is time. And when I say that, I mean the time of both the business owner and their employees, like putting in all the time and not being able to, their capacity for work has leveled out and they can't get anywhere further than that. 
do you find that requires a mindset shift or do you think that that sometimes requires something completely different in the structure of the business? It all requires a mindset shift. You know, most business owners think that the way to get from here to wherever they're going is a shift in doing. It's the same way that people think that the best way to sell is that the words that you use are the answer to selling. It's like a doingness problem. Right. But the truth is, is that doing with whatever it is that you think that you have to do is only 10% of the issue. The real issue is in your head. Or as I put it in the internal operating system that you have that lives in your unconscious, that frames the way you relate to your reality. And it, frames what you can see and what you can't see, the opportunities that are available to you, your interpretation of what's happening. And all of that has to shift. Like the blinders that we all wear, those blinders have to open in order for you to move past a plateau. It's true. I really admire and I think that something that I've noticed is a strength of yours is your candor. And do you find that that the whole, I think that's like a buzzword these days, but I find that that's actually something that you don't have to force, that it just comes naturally for you. Do you find that that's a strength in, in working with executives and business owners? Yeah, I actually, it's funny, people hire me because of that. I don't believe in saying anything but what's there to be said. And that if you pussyfoot around then everything just takes longer and it creates a false sense of being fine. I've always been direct. I can temper my directness with tactfulness when needed. Mostly my directness comes with a lot of love. Oh yeah. It's never designed to hurt, but I don't see the use in obfuscating the obvious. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you find that your clients are also direct or do they often suffer from the illness of being too politically correct and skirting around the issue? I think that that's a really like a question that isn't the right question, because I think that in general, people want to be nice. It's true. Don't want to hurt other people. And they haven't figured out how to be straightforward and not be mean in their eyes. Right. And so sometimes my clients are just trying to be nice. And for me, one of the things that I talk about with all my clients is that being nice is a kiss of death. Yeah. Uh, Being kind is one thing. And being kind is really fundamentally important to being human. But being nice is walking a line, trying not to take a stand one way or the other. So people will like you. Yeah. Right. And that doesn't produce results of any kind, personally or professionally. That's true. I actually experienced that myself because worrying about outside influence is something that from a personal development standpoint, I'm definitely working on. But I had an employee situation where it wasn't a good fit. And it was so hard for me to make a decision in terms of moving forward, going a different direction, because I was worried about hurting that person's feelings. Yep, exactly. I mean, I I hate to say it's not like a personal thing, because to that person, it's a personal thing. You know what I mean? But when you see that you're not actually empowering that person to be their best, because it's not a good fit, then it's, you know, it's actually the kinder thing to do as long as you can be 
compassionate in that process. You're right. That is the wrong question. And I think in most people's situation is in the right place. It's just that we lack the communication maturity, maybe, to be able to communicate in a way that is loving, but also direct. And part of it has to do with being willing to stand in our own powerful experience of Mm -hmm. being human and feeling confident that in the end, however it is that we get it across, like in your situation with an employee, that it really is better for everybody involved. Totally. And really standing in our personal sense of leadership and leading with integrity and kindness, but truthfulness. Yes. Yeah, definitely. One of the things that I loved as well, um, I had the pleasure of attending your Nourish Dinner. Will you tell the audience a little bit about that event? Sure. Nourish Dinners came out of two really important things for me. One was after working with entrepreneurs for really my entire career, I've been working with entrepreneurs and entrepreneurship is really lonely. And when you're a successful entrepreneur, when you're making money, when your company is growing and things are bigger than when you just started, it's even more lonely because you don't really feel like you don't have anywhere that you can celebrate. You don't want to make other people feel jealous or envious. And you also don't have any place that you can truly talk about the challenges that you're experiencing because a lot of times people will look at you as a successful business owner and say, well, you know, what do you have to complain about? Not understanding that each stage of business has its own challenges and you don't want to deposition yourself either. So, you know, that's a problem. So that was one thing that reason why I started them. And then the other reason I started them was I am a huge networker and I've networked for the last 20 years in Portland. And when the concept of doing business with people, you know, like, and trust first kind of came along in the networking world, it was great. But after 10, 15 years, what has happened is that people have turned it into a tactic. And it's very much in the background is give me your money. If you're not going to do business with me, then we're not really going to have a relationship. And it just felt very skin deep. And that's just not who I am. I am somebody who is deeply committed to having real relationships with people, real friendships with people. And so I started Nourish Dinners as a way to create that kind of atmosphere for business owners where we get together for dinner. We don't talk about business. But everybody in the room owns a successful business. And so there's this foundation upon which we stand where we understand each other. We get each other. We get what we've been through in a way that we don't have to talk about it. And instead, we get very personal. And I've been doing it now for almost two years. I used to do it once a month in my house, and now I do it once a quarter at an event space in Portland. We have 24 people who show up every quarter. And business gets done in the background, right? Which is really cool. But on the foreground, you make these deep 
friendships. And then from there, there's a whole community where we meet monthly for happy hour. We have book clubs together. People have coffee. We've done ropes courses. We've done retreats together. And it's all business people. And we very rarely talk about business. We talk about what we love, what we are afraid of, what exciting things to celebrate. We talk about sex. We talk about Mm -hmm. friendship. You know, it's awesome. From the Nourish Dinner that I attended, which by the way, the food and location were absolutely stunning, amazing. So just from that aspect, you know, friends and food and location, it's amazing. I have forged a friendship with Virginia Joplin of Verbio, and now we're going to be co-hosting a networking and workshop event in Portland. So thank you for that introduction. Yeah, you're so welcome. And that stuff happens all the time. I know. I love it. I love it because it's, (laughs) it was such a unique event in that we really got to get to know each other. Just so the audience knows, Verbio does translation in many, many languages for businesses. And it's a fantastic and unique business. And I just thought, you know, what a cool thing to get to know, like the brains behind something like that. Yeah, and and she's worldwide. If it wasn't for you, so thank you for that. Yeah, you're so welcome. The event is actually called Nourish Dinner, a curated conversation for possibility over a fabulous meal. And one of the things I want to say about this is I grew up mostly in Europe and our meals, our main meal of the day, we would sit around a table for two to three hours just as a family or with many, many friends telling stories, joking around, crying, doing performances, Mm -hmm. like during dinner. And I've always felt really strongly that when you break bread with somebody else, it immediately forges a connection and an opening that you can create any really deep relationships through. It's the act of breaking bread together that creates this atmosphere. Yeah, it's very humanizing, right? I mean, I Mm -hmm. think there's no one in a power position. We're all just eating. And it's also like a nice distraction. You know, there's no pressure to be anything. You're just eating together. Yeah, exactly. You're just eating together. And then you're laughing together. And then somebody, you know, will start telling about something that's so important to them and they'll start crying. Yeah. But there's it's a totally safe space. I love that. Well, I was gonna say too, in the in the shift and the paradigm too, we can think there's a lot of competition out there and maybe the whole scarcity mindset or whatnot. And so we might hesitate to develop relationships with people. But I like that your model encourages collaboration instead of that competition because there is enough business for everybody. And it's nice to have, you know, to know about other people's, this is what I love about networking is just sincerely knowing about other people's businesses, even if there's no connection to my business, they don't have to refer to me. They don't need to be a client of mine. I just get to enjoy other business owners and hear what is important to them, how they're serving the public. Yeah. And you know, when you said collaboration rather than competition, Nobody in their business is the only person in the world doing their business. No. I actually take that back. I have a client who does something that nobody else in the world does. But it's so rare that it happened. There's a company called Indigo Proof. Her name is Rain Delisle. And she repairs denim by darning it back together. So it doesn't look like it was ever had a rip or I mean, they look brand new. 
That's amazing. It's amazing. It's really amazing. <laughs> but in general, we all have what could be termed competition, but yeah. everybody's clients come to them because they're unique yes. and there's a fit and there's an attraction between the business and the specific way that business is in the world and that client. Yeah. And so you could have 10 photographers, all of whom will attract different clients. True. Very true. I think that is amazing. Yeah, it is true. And I've never heard of a denim repair business. And She's so amazing. That's called niching down for reals. <laughs> oh, yeah. And she has a worldwide following. And when she opens her books to take new jeans and new denim, it fills within four to five hours. Oh, my gosh. She has to close it up again. And she only opens her books every couple of months. Wow. Well... I want to know, well, first of all, um, are you accepting guests for the next Nourish Dinner? And if so, when is that? I am. I have a few seats left. It's on October 29th. It's in Portland. We have people fly in for dinner, drive in for dinner, train in for dinner. So everybody is welcome as long as you're a business owner. Yeah. You're welcome. Well, and, and I drove four hours and it was worth it. For sure. <laughs> really I would fun. do it again. <laughs> yeah, we've had people flying from Canada even and yeah. California and Texas. If you want to know more about it, there's two ways you can do that. You can go to my website at danacory.com. There's a tab called Nourish Dinners and read a little bit more about it and then send me a message through the contact page if you're interested in coming. Or honestly, you can connect with me on Facebook at facebook.com slash danacory. That is the place I hang out the most. And just send me a message. Yeah. Send me a friend request. Send me a message and say, you know, I'm interested in your nourished dinners and I'll send you the details and then you can see if it's something that's the right fit for you. Awesome. And we will link to that in the show notes as well so that people have access to that and we'll spell your name correctly. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, I always like to close with two questions. The first is what would be a piece of advice that you would offer to the listeners today? You know, the thing that I often say is remember that you have a singular point of view and that that takes you far, but only so far. And that there it comes a time when you are going to want a mentor or a coach or somebody else who has a different life experience, but a lot to offer and use their eyes to help you see the next place to go. Because from where we're standing, we only see what we see. If you invite somebody else, to come in and use their eyes as a guide to see the things that you can't see, you will go much, much farther. That's so true. What would be, Dana, something that someone has shared with you that you would consider to be the best advice you've ever been given? Sandra Yancey of eWomen Network once said, in order to build a business, a big business. You want to always ask yourself, what are the things that only I can do? And what are the things that I'm doing that somebody else could do? Because in each business, in each of our businesses, there are the things that only we can bring to that business. And oftentimes 
we get distracted by all of the stuff that has to get done. And so the time that we allot to doing our magic gets smaller and smaller. Yeah. And that is really, I keep that in mind all the time. What are the things that I'm doing that I could have somebody else do so that I can do more of what I'm great at, which is fundamental to growing my business? Right. And you're great at people, Dana. Thank you. You're also great at Facebook. People really should connect with you on Facebook. I've probably never met a better Facebook networker than Dana Corey. (laughs) Thank (laughs) you. (laughs) Well, thanks for joining us today. And we hope that you experience a full and fulfilling nourished dinner. And seriously, people check it out because this is an event like no other. So... I hope you have a great day, Dana. Thank you for joining us. Thanks, Ray, for having me. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye.